All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the crackdown on Airbnb and short-term rentals in B.C. So we've seen a big move on this file by the B.C. government. Now, it's interesting to listen to the official opposition, B.C. United, here now, saying, hang on a second here. Now, they say they support this, yeah. but they're also proposing some changes, yeah, right? Curran uh, um, Kirkpatrick, the housing critic, has proposed four amendments. They were voted down, at, well, at least two of them, maybe more, were voted down yesterday. Okay. So, um, again, they support, so the opposition supports the bill, in yeah. principle, on second reading. They tried to make some changes, uh, all voted down. So one of them was to reduce the definition of short-term rental from 90 days to 30 days. Yeah. Uh, allow the poss- this is the most controversial one. Allow the possibility of of you allowing owning one property. That you can have one income property out, out, on the side outside your principal residence. Yeah. So the new rules you can have a you can have a short term rental within your principal residence. Yes. Which could include a basement suite or a secondary suite. Yeah. Um, so the uh, BC United proposing, well, let's make it. Uh, you could have one condo. You can have one. You could have one on the side. Let's 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 listen to her on that point. She she was on the show yesterday on this precise point, and she says, "Yeah, let people have one on the side." Okay, have a listen. The top ten percent are those who are institutional investors, and they're running multiple units as a business. But there are ninety percent that are not caught there. They are. Uh, families who are, you know, they, they may own one other um, property, and this is to supplement retirement income. Just yeah. let them have one. Well, we had a feature on a woman in Penticton a couple nights ago who sure. was exactly in that category. She had a, a, a condo, a small condo she rented out for investment, uh, for retirement income purposes. Yeah. I think a lot of people would view the United, uh, Corinne's Kirkpatrick's um, proposed amendments as reasonable. You know, I, well, I, it looks like David Eby doesn't. Let's no, listen to no, David Eby's no, response. Okay, let's listen to Eby responding to this yesterday. They are trying to create loopholes for investors, which is who they represent. We do not represent investors. We represent the people of BC who are searching for a place to live, and we make no apologies for that. Your thoughts? Uh, a little class warfare going on there. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's a nice little framing it, investors versus non-investors. He's right, though, isn't he? I mean, when they well, say you should you should be allowed to have one Airbnb property in the side, that's isn't it? it's yeah, an investment. Well, most people cannot afford to have a second property. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. I mean, people can afford to have one property, yeah. let alone two. So, yeah. no, I mean, there it is true that this is a small group of people who fall into that class. I think there's more sympathy. I'm, that one, I, again, I think that sticks out as something that per, I didn't think that had a chance at all. We are going to see some regulations come in. Yeah, I still think you're going to see some relaxation or some exemptions on the definition of 90 days being short term. One of the thing, examples Kirkpatrick brought up was what about FIFA? Yeah, Big celebration, 250,000 people coming into Vancouver. Are they all going to stay 90 days? There's not enough hotel rooms. For people, for the World Cup, we're the talking world, about, world yeah, or or big major events. Even the Great Cup was one. You know, people do come in for for a few days. They don't sure. stay for three months, and there aren't enough hotel rooms in Vancouver right now. You know, just anyone trying to book a hotel room in Vancouver is repelled by the p- prospect of paying five or six hundred dollars a night. But if they brought in an exemption like that, like how would that work? So you're allowed to have an Airbnb on the side, and you're only allowed to rent it out during the World Cup. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, we'll sound see, like it's going to work. We'll see what the regulations look like. I, I still think there's going to be some some asterisks to that 90 day figure. 
Yeah, I think there's going to be an ability for someone. To, you know, okay, take FIFA out of the equation. But if you're if you're a nurse or a, a, a construction worker, for example, yeah, like we just had, and a you're here of, temporarily on a job or we something. We just had a couple of news conferences this week on the crisis in the in the construction industry. Yeah, trying to find enough workers to work on uh, projects. Yeah, uh, are we going to say no? You can't come here because you have to stay at least you know uh, more than more than three months uh, on a job when the job might only require. Or you, you got to live in a hotel. Yeah, so wait for the regular. I still think the regulations are going to be interesting on this bill, and yeah. I think some of them may placate some of the things BC United is looking for. Obviously, you know the government's not going to adopt opposition amendments. That just doesn't happen. Uh, so they were voted down. But we'll see on the regulations where some of these ideas. The other one was um, exemptions for medical travel. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, that was another proposal. Uh, the, the relaxation from 90 days to 30 days. Uh, I think there's going to be some exemptions there. Uh, I don't think you're going to see, though, uh, an ability to own a second property and rent it out. Okay. That's one. That's the investor class that David Eby does. The investors, yes. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. Brand new poll out on the provincial. Yeah. Carbon tax, okay? So this is the carbon tax that goes up every every year, and it's scheduled to continue to go up to combat climate change. Falling or eroding support here for the carbon tax in BC. Let's listen to the opposition on that one. So this is Kevin Falcon, leader of the BC United, one of their ads on the carbon tax. Let's listen. Under the BC Liberals, when we brought in the carbon tax, by law, every penny had to go back to reducing your personal income taxes and small business taxes. First thing the NDP did in their first budget was strip away their revenue neutrality. They now take those billions of dollars into government and waste it however they see fit. Okay. Well, the new revenue neutrality started to erode under the Liberal watch, to mm. be clear. It, was, you know, it, it did happen under, I think, the last couple of years of Christy Clark's government. But it did, was certainly um, accelerated under the NDP. It is sure. now a huge revenue line. Uh, so I've not heard the United say they're going to get rid of the carbon tax. That's that's stripping the budget. But it's interesting. Mario Canseco, the pollster, has a research poll poll out today that basically British Columbians, if, if the feds were to scrap the, the federal taxes, Pierre Polyev is talking about, roughly 40% on either side of the, of the coin uh, want to get rid of it or want to keep it. But what's interesting is that the, the number of people who think the carbon tax is doing what it's supposed to, which is curb behavior and, and reduce behavior that leads to fossil fuel consumption, only 28% think that's actually being accomplished. And that's a drop of almost 10 points. So people th- people years. don't think it's working. Yeah, and, okay. and what's what, what's interesting, it's a drop significantly of in that number of yeah. almost a third of what people thought in 2020. So I've been tracking this for some time. I, I did a column a few weeks ago wondering pol- whether politicians are kind of – are going to lose their nerve when it comes yeah. to fighting climate change if if it means some of these financial measures. You see oh, yeah. the United Kingdom government, uh, the Conservative government in the UK is relaxing a whole bunch of uh, measures designed to fight climate change because polls show the, the voters don't want it because it hits their wallets. Yeah, Carbon tax hits your wallet. So we've had a carbon tax longer than anyone. We had our carbon tax in 2008. What the feds are, are looking at is, you know, BC's well past what the feds were, are talking about. But if that opens the conversation again... We'll see what happens to the carbon tax in BC, but again, it's going to be hard for for a party here to promise to get rid of the carbon tax because it's. Oh, watch the BC Conservatives will do it. All the BC Conservatives will yeah. promise that for sure. Sure, they will. Yeah, no, I think I actually think Rustad's already talked about that. But, sure. Yeah, uh, I don't think BC United would go that far. Even mm. promising revenue tr- neutrality, it's become such a big line item in the budget. I think it's two point three billion dollars now. Uh, you just can't wave a wand and get rid of it. Okay, let's talk about the federal interest rate held in place this morning. 
by Tiff Macklem, the governor of the Bank of Canada. Now, earlier, David Eby had been one of the premiers in Canada who had reached out to Macklem, head of the Bank of Canada, and said, don't do it to us. Don't raise interest rates again, okay? Because people are suffering here. And Macklem pushed back at him and said, you know, you premiers shouldn't be telling me what to do. I'm supposed to be independent. Here's Eby's response on that yesterday. I think the independence of the Bank of Canada is just fine. I think he'll be okay. Uh, and I think it's critical that the premiers share information with decision makers like Mr. Macklem uh, as they make decisions that impact the daily lives of the people in our communities. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I asked him that question yesterday. That was his response. I mean, he's obviously, he's, I asked him, well, would you do it again? Yeah. You know, even with the chiding from Tiff Macklem, he said, yeah. You know, he's, he says, I'm always going to stick up for, you know, people when it comes to interest rates. What's interesting, it wasn't just an NDP premier asking the Bank of Canada. It was a conservative premier. Doug Ford. Doug Ford. In Ontario. Other premier, uh, right across the political spectrum, all the premiers were asking the Bank of Canada government. So I think Macklem was a bit, that was a bit much to push. If it was one premier, fine. But if you got a concerted effort of basically the Council of the Federation, all the premiers saying, don't do this. I don't think the Bank of Canada government can necessarily say, oh, stop talking to me. It's political interference. Okay. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Glenn in Maple Ridge. Hi, Glenn. Go ahead. Hey, guy. Hey, uh, uh, love, to, uh, love to talk to you guys. And uh, morning, Mr. Baldry. Uh, I want to know why BC uh, takes pride in the fact that we're the number one, we're the number one jurisdiction in, in Canada and in and, and North America with the highest carbon tax, gas taxes, uh, mm-hmm. one of the most unaffordable cities and, uh, and provinces to live in, and they keep wanting to raise taxes. They're driving out businesses. They're forcing people to move to places like Alberta and, and Manitoba, Saskatchewan, whatnot. Like, I, I, I can't even comprehend, like, why they just keep thinking they can keep coming back at us for more money. It, it boggles me. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, no, the carbon tax is a great example. We've talked about this before on the program. Um, has the public hit a wall when it comes yeah. to these annual increases on this tax? Particularly, as Mario's poll shows today, less than a third of the population thinks it's doing what it's supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, it's not even working. It's not even Some working. people and, say. And, and that's a drop significantly from, from a similar poll three years ago. So if yeah. the public uh, view of this tax that it's not doing what it's supposed to do, our, our emissions keep increasing, but this tax keeps going up. And I just wonder whether you're going to see political parties not scratch. Well, BC Conservatives will say, get rid of the tax. Sure. It's easy for them to say. Yeah, you know, and it'll be a good issue for them. Yep. It'll be a yeah. nice wedge issue. Yeah. Um, what does BC United do? I wouldn't be surprised if they call for a freeze mm, yeah. or a slight reduction. Yeah. You know, mm. I still think this is a potential to appear on the campaign trail yes. as the one tax issue. Sure, and not we're just a year an, out from an election. Too, not an so. income tax cut. I don't even think you're going to be, I mean, again, B.C. conservatives aside, but between B.C. United and the NDP, I don't think you're going to have income taxes on the table. I don't think you're going to have sales taxes on the table. I wouldn't be surprised if carbon tax gets addressed one Yeah, time. I think so, too. Ian in Vancouver. Hi, Ian. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. Hi. With regards to Premier Eby's, um, and I believe also Ontario's Premier Ford both um, asked or wrote letters to the governor of the Bank of Canada, um, I think that we we need the Bank of Canada to be independent of uh, political pressure. And I think, really, it was just political theater. Uh, The two most uh, uh, indebted provinces as far as uh, people being overweight on mortgage debt. It's not surprising that Premier Eby 
needed to be seen to be saying and doing something. And perhaps his media handlers was just saying, well, you should make a statement. And then it appears that that uh, you're actually trying to get something done. I don't think he expected anything to come out of that uh, letter yeah. that was written to Mr. Macklem. Thank you. Well, I guess he got the desired outcome. There's no rate hike, you know. Uh, yeah, but it, but is that because, you know, did Tiff Macklem freeze the interest no, rates again know. because David Eby no. wrote him a letter? I, don't I think doubt so. it. I don't think so. But again, yeah. it's interesting when the, when the premiers get together and do something like this, it's not like a one-off. It's not one premier doing this. And we got the premiers of the two of the two of the three largest provinces doing this, and they weren't the only ones. There were a couple other premiers signed their own letters as well. Yeah. And now it is unusual, and yeah. Macklem is correct in saying this is not how it's done. But because he has to be in, not only independent, but has to be seen as independent. So if there's any suspicion that he's caving into political pressure from a yeah. premier, right? This is what he's. Yeah, he's and the the Bank of Canada governor or the you know the Federal Reserve Bank in the states. I remember Alan Greenspan was the was so worried about being seen as favor when he brought water into a Senate hearing. It, it could not be from a specific water company. It had to be oh. a completely sort of blank bottle, no labels, right? Sure. Not being favoring anything. Yeah, Brian in Coquitlam. Hi, Brian. Go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, I got a different take on the Airbnb situation that would probably work for the World Cup, too. Instead of banning investment properties and stuff like that, why not set a daily and monthly rate that can't exceed what a regular rental rate would be. Investors will probably not uh, like that because they won't make as much money, but it means that the units are available for anyone to rent at what a rental price is. If I lose my house tomorrow, I can go to an Airbnb and pay the same amount as what a regular rental is. So it mm. make it more fair for more locals to be able to use it as well. Okay, thank you. Well... No, yeah, I don't think Airbnb is going to go along with that. Pretty regulatory, and I'm not sure. Airbnb you, will say no way. I'm not uh, yeah, that. no, and I'm not sure how you'd enforce that. But yeah. again, I keep telling people, wait for the de- the details of this bill. Wait yeah. for the regulations. I there still could think be changes. There's going to be a lot of little asterisks in this. Thing. Sean in North Van. Hi, Sean. Go ahead. Morning, gentlemen. Wasn't it just a few short months ago that Pierre Polyev was suggesting perhaps he may replace the head of the Bank of Canada? And mm-hmm. Establishment <laughs> has exploded, and now that we've got a concerted effort, it seems, on some of the premiers interfering with um, the bank's independence. I haven't seen or heard any heads explode. I'm a bit confused. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, I think there's a difference between writing a letter and demanding and forcing someone to resign. Uh, and stepping in and getting rid of someone. But, you know, you're correct. There's a thin line here uh, between, and Macklem is viewing this as potential political interference. He says this is this is harming the political independence yeah. of this politically independent institution, which is the Bank of Canada. Squeeze in one more. Brad and Kamloops. Brad, you got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, take a look at your Fortis uh, gas bill for your house there. Uh, I just checked mine. I don't look at it too often, but... Uh... On $8 worth of gas for last month there, I paid just about $11 in carbon tax. Mm -hmm. Um, When the carbon tax is is way more than what your actual product is, I think that's a pretty Mm -hmm. big red flag. Something's got to change there. (laughs) Right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Brad, that's that's a a good call. And again, keep your eye on the carbon tax. I still think that's a potential to be a hot election issue come the next campaign. Keith, thanks a lot. All right.